culture, a place for us to learn and thrive. It's your girl, Rachel, and I'm back again with another episode. I hope you all are doing well. It's springtime, good vibes, so I'm feeling pretty good. I first want to say a big congratulations to all the high school seniors out there that got accepted into college because it's that time of year, and I'm really happy for you all, whoever's listening, for your hard work. They, it definitely paid off and you should be celebrating turning up safely, okay? Don't do no super spreader event, okay? But you should definitely sp- celebrate for like yourself and all that you've accomplished and worked hard for. And I hope the college you're gonna go to will have bring you success, bring you joy, bring you growth, all that good stuff. So I'm just wanted to share that with y'all. And now to the episode, we're going to talk about college decisions because that's the season we're in right now. And um, college decisions, it could definitely be a little overwhelming. Like if you don't really know where you want to go, like you don't have a dream school or anything, or if packages come your way and you're a little confused. So we're going to talk about how to choose the right college once you get all your decisions back and how to commit to the right place and next steps even after you commit in the summer, you know, that little fun summer period, what do you do during that time? So with me to talk about this, I have Fred Johnson, who is the founder of Grind to Grad. So thank you so much for joining me, Fred. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Rachel. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to to talk about college acceptances because you're right, people are getting a lot of them. Students are getting a lot of them. And that's great. And then you still got to figure out, all right, now what do I do with all this? Exactly. That's what we're going to talk about right now. So first, before we get to acceptances, I want to talk about rejections really quickly. It's something that we all get in our lifetime. I was rejected to a few places, kind of hurt my spirit a little bit, but it's okay. Um, and it's definitely a hard time. So what would you tell someone dealing with a rejection from like a really top school that they were hoping to get into? You started off with a great question. The first thing I would say is a rejection is not a is a, a rejection is not an evaluation of your character, your intelligence, who you are as a person, or your identity. I think the first thing when when a student yeah, is rejected, yeah. or just rejection in life, we we automatically take that internally, or we internalize that as something is wrong with us. I'm a spiritual person and I truly believe there's purpose in everything that we experience. Uh, and so, uh, of course, I, I want to push students to find that purpose. But but outside of that, the first thing is do not take that as any kind of summation of who you are as a student or as an individual. There are so many factors that go into how students are selected, especially for selective schools or just there's only so many seats and only so many acceptances, yeah. right? So that, that's, yeah. that's the first thing. Uh, in terms of what to do after that, just like in life, when you get rejected, you got to keep going, right? Take your day to be mad. Take yeah. your day to be upset, scream into a pillow, punch something, go for a run, workout, do whatever you need to. And then after that 24 hours, it's like, cool, on to the next one. I know it's much easier said than done, but do it. The more you get used to it, the, the better you'll, the more quickly you'll move through adverse situations. Yes, that's definitely so true. Especially what you said about like, it doesn't determine who you are as a person or your character. It does not. Just because you got it rejected at like a school you were hoping to get into does not mean you're not smart or you're not deserving or you did something wrong with your application. Like schools can't accept everybody. And that's the truth. So sometimes you're just going to have rejections, even even after college, when you apply to jobs and stuff, I was applying to Indeed and on Indeed and jobs right now. And I got like two emails saying rejected, rejected, you know, and I'm like, well, damn, like I'm (laughs) trying out here, you know, but it's okay. Um, Definitely take the time to be upset. We're not here telling you just get over it. No, it's definitely upsetting. Just and just because you're in high school doesn't mean you don't have the right to be upset. You have the right to be upset about this, but definitely just remember that this is not over. This is not the end. And you can get to the place that you're meant to be at, but it's just not the place you were hoping for. That's all it is. And I will say though, 
if you believe that there was an error in your reject, like a clerical error, or if you think, if you have something extra to add into your application, like say, oh, I got this really great award or my score, my test score went up like so many points, you can't appeal a rejection. Um, not all schools do that though. So definitely look at the rules of that college and see if they um, look into that. But if they do, you can write an appeal letter re- like appealing your rejection. But just keep in mind that they are very rare. Like accepting someone after rejection is a rare thing. But if you believe there is an error and you have ample evidence um, to prove that, and, or if you like have something that can make a bigger difference in your application, consider it, look into it. It's rare, but it could happen. It could help you out. So just wanted to put that out there. The next question, um, we're going to talk about that purgatory stage being waitlisted. It's like you're not rejected, but you're not accepted. So it's a little awkward <laughs> um, for students to be in. What should a student do um, when they're waitlisted to like a school that they really want to go to? Yeah, well, even though it's almost like whenever you tie in a basketball game or in a sport, right? You don't feel good about tying. It's like, okay, we didn't lose, but we didn't win either. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. And, and I guess if you're waitlisted, it's like, we want you, but we got so many people, you're going to have to wait. Now, yeah. the thing, of course, the thing with waitlisting is you, some schools, well, I don't think there's many schools who will tell you how far down on that list you are. You just mm-hmm. know you're on the wait list. So you could be near the top and have a pretty good chance of getting in. Uh, or you could be very close to the bottom of a very long list. And it could be a long shot, right? Because you getting in or moving up on the wait list is dependent on other students choosing not to attend that university. Yeah. And so what I would tell a student to do in that situation is, in that situation is hopefully you have backup options, right? You have mm-hmm. a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth choice of school, and you have already made progress with those. And so I, I think just in this whole college acceptance uh, season, you kind of need to be prepared to consider several options at all times. Yeah. Because there's so much that will change potentially even throughout the summer or leading yeah. up to school that could change the decision. So again, I know it's very easy to have your heart set on your dream school and you got waitlisted. So you're holding out hope, but I'm a person that truly believes in if you don't plan, then you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So you want to create a plan that sets you up where you have that safety net and you'll be all right, regardless of if you make it or not in that waitlist. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely true to have a backup plan. Because I think, I think there's two types of students with waitlist. It's like, oh my gosh, my life is over. They basically rejected me. Like I should just ignore it. And I would say to you, no, like you're not rejected. You're waitlisted. If you were rejected, it would say rejected. So I would of course be hopeful because there is a chance that you could get accepted um, after continuing more interest and things like that. Um, But whatever the case may be, you still got to have a backup plan because with waitlist, you don't know when they're going to respond back to you. They could respond and say you're accepted in a matter of a few weeks or even in the summer in July. Like I, um, I mean, I knew where I wanted to go to college by May 1st, but I got like emails in June, July, of a school telling me this is your wait list status. I'm like, girl, I'm living hot girl summer. I don't know why you're telling me this, but that's what it was. That's um, that's just how, how long the school took. So don't like just, well, I'm just gonna wait and see what happens because you don't know when they will respond to you. Um, so there are students like that and there are students that are like, oh, you know what? I'm just not gonna worry about it. They're gonna accept me. Like mm-hmm. I said, the timeline, mm-hmm. it's, it's unpredictable with colleges. Of course, you could email them, but they don't even really know the answer because they're going through a lot of students. So definitely keep continuing interest and um, having hope in the situation if that's the school you want to go to. But look into those other schools that did accept you and see, okay, where do I fit? Where do I see myself? Um, And that's where we're going to get into right now, acceptances. So 
let's talk about that. So after you celebrated, okay, I got accepted, I got colleges, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. How do you decide really like where to go? Because I think there's people that are like, okay, this is my dream school. I'm going to go here. Everything is set financially good to go. And there's other people that are like, okay, I got all these options, but I don't know what to do with it. Because do I really have a dream school? Not really. Um, especially when you apply to a lot of places. So what are some things that a senior in high school should consider when looking at all the acceptance packages? Yeah, you got you bringing some great questions this evening. So I, I've seen those Instagram pictures where you have students with like a, almost like a, a hundred college acceptances or, you know, 25 college acceptances and holding all, all of the acceptances like yeah. a stack of money, which is great. I love seeing those. But you're right. What do you do after that point? How do you make the decision about where you should go? I believe the number one decision, this is just my opinion, the number one thing that you, you should use to determine, and there are other things, but I feel like this is an important one, is who is giving you the most money. And not just who is giving you the most money, and I know we're going to talk about financial aid a little bit, but in comparison to how much it costs to go to the school and how much financial aid you're already having. So for example, yeah. if college aid costs $50,000 a year and is offering you a $10,000 scholarship and then you have another 10,000 in financial aid, you still have $30,000 to go in additional financial aid that you found. Whereas college B might only be $15,000 a year. They also offered you a $10,000 scholarship. You're also receiving the same $10,000 in financial aid. And so now you're actually getting $5,000 back because you're receiving more aid than what it costs to go to the institution. Mm -hmm. So I would say, even though college aid might have a better program, might, net, might be closer to you, right? There might be a lot of favoring factors. You have to find $30,000 more for college aid, whereas opposed to college B, you're getting money back. So I would say let finances and uh, what is called the financial aid gap um, mm. you know, how much the difference between what you need and, and how much it costs, that is a determining factor. Let's just say all things are equal, right? The two schools, college yeah. and B, you're both going to be getting money back. Then I would take into a few things into consideration. One, I would take into account, what is the strength of the program that you're going into? If mm -hmm. you're going into media, right? Or theater, is there one program that has a, a much more robust and rigorous program and opportunities, right, is one setup where you're going to give a lot of direct experience in the field. And a lot of that is set up for you already. And is another one not as developed, who has a more highly ranked program, you could also talk with students at that school to see what yeah. their experiences are, right? It's almost like and I know uh, high school students may not have a lot of experience with this, but I'm gonna give you all some life nuggets too. Whenever you're shopping for or shopping for looking for an apartment, Yes, they're going to take you on a tour. They're going to show you the nice, clean uh, showroom. That's all fine and dandy. What you do is you don't wait for people in the parking lot. But if you see people walking around in an apartment complex, you ask them, hey, hey, can I talk to you for a second? What is it like to live here? Is the service good? How does administration work with you? Uh, does maintenance come on time? Right? Things like that. Have you had any repair issues? That's when you get a good idea of, wait, should, do I want to live here? It's the same thing with your college. If you could find a way, I know it's group me as a thing now, yeah. but you could DM people all the time, but find students that go to that school and get their honest opinion on what is it like to go there? What do you love about your school? And what do you think could be better? I think another thing is a uh, social fit. Sometimes mm -hmm. people want the big campus with the football team, you know, with, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of students. Other people want more of a smaller campus, whereas maybe 850, 1500 students, very close-knit family type atmosphere. Uh, and then some students want kind of something in between. Some students don't mind if the, the, it's located in a city versus a more mm -hmm. rural area. That's actually one that I've seen on the back end. Students didn't really consider as much. Mm -hmm. And you get out there and you're away from family and you're like, man, ain't nothing to do. Yeah. Ain't nothing to do out here. Which, to be quite honest with you, you have to like push yourself to get involved. You know, you're not gonna look for the city to be popping because that's what you're used to. 
Like you get involved on campus, there's things that you need to make fun or get involved in. But I would say finances are number one. And then of course, consider academic fit, how, how rigorous is the major, social fit. Um, and then between those things, you'll kind of get an idea of what is the best fit for you. Oh, yes. You said a lot of really good things. Like, not, like for me, unless you are a billionaire, unless you're Jeff, Be- Be- Jeff Bezos' children, <laughs> like money is number one. I know that was for me. And I know that could be very like difficult or a little disheartening to like think about. Um, but it is the reality. Um, college is expensive, unfortunately. And you got to consider that before you get into it. And so that was definitely for me, I was putting in an Excel sheet, all right, which put in greater than, less than, listed all of it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and especially if you're not paying for it, you got to have your parents into that conversation. Like, okay, mom and dad, what are you willing to pay for? So I think many people don't think about that. If your parents are in your life, that they are the ones that have to pay the bill um, every semester or every year. So that's definitely a conversation you need to have about with them about what they are willing to pay for an institution and about academic and social fit. That's for sure. If things are a little close and you could just pick whichever one, um, definitely ask around, like ask, hey, how are you feeling about this college? Do you like it? Give me your honest opinion. Um, because And you could do that by, I know things are virtual now, but there's colleges already doing accepted students events. Um, So as long as you're accepted, they'll send you an email like, hey, we got this event to learn more about our school. We have a student panel. I've been to a few of those. You could go to them and talk to them. And I think some schools are even opening up for you to tour. So if you're up for it, maybe you got vaccinated already. I don't know. Then definitely get on a flight and see if you're up for it. But those events are always open. If you have questions, you want to ask students or faculty or anything. Um, so you can learn more about the school. Cause you're right. Like you could look at a website, you could look at a, like a virtual tour, but you, it doesn't really give you the full picture. It's the students that will give you the full picture. So definitely think about those things for sure. And we're going to get to the financial stuff a little bit and have a little tea for y'all on how to like maneuver that. But I want to ask you, Fred, if you're, um, well, first, what are things a student should look at in a financial aid package? Um, what are different like um, words or like factors that are going to be put into it? Because it's not going to just say, here's what you pay for. It's a lot of other things. Great, great question. So when when they give you your financial aid package, what you really, really want to be aware of is your anticipated aid versus what you actually have. Sometimes they're going to put things that you could get on there that you don't yet have, right? You're going to see things like an unsub, unsubsidized loan, subsidized loan. You're going to see Pell Grant. But sometimes what they stick in there is a parent plus loan. That's a loan that your parents can take out for, to fund your education. <clears throat> sometimes they will stick that on there and it'll say like $10,000 but with this little asterisk next to it. And you, you might think, uh, oh man, I have $19,000. No, no, you don't. You have $9,000. <laughs> you don't have that until your parents are approved. Uh, or it could be more than $10,000. You don't, if your parents are approved for that Parent PLUS loan, then it will usually cover the difference between what your financial aid is and what it costs. If they're denied, you can still get a loan. Um, you can ask your financial aid advisor for additional um, aid. Tell them you want to increase the amount of your uh, subsidized or unsubsidized loan. Uh, and then it will increase, I think, up to $10,000 per year, but watch out for how much you have versus what is anticipated because those are different amounts. Another thing you wanna be aware of are just scholarship offers. Mm. If you haven't signed anything, sometimes they, they require your enrollment to be confirmed or you have to reply to an email stating that you're gonna go before they give you that scholarship. I had a student who actually lost out on a scholarship just because she wasn't paying attention to her email and needed to reply by a certain date to confirm that she was attending this college. Mm. And by the, 
even though she saw the emails coming through with the amounts, she, in her head, she was just waiting for it to hit her account. She needed to confirm and accept it on her college portal. So those are a few things that you want to make sure that you watch out for when you get these financial aid award letters, they sometimes call it, or financial aid award packages. Um, another thing you want to make sure is that when you get your, uh, they should, well, you may not get this until you uh, sign up for classes, register for classes, but when they send you your fee bill, if you're living on campus, that will spike up the price a lot because usually it's going to require a meal plan. So tuition, yeah. fees, room and board. The room is how much it costs, costs to live in the dorms. The board is the meal plan. So room and board refers to both of those amounts. This is another thing y'all have to be aware of when you're calculating the cost of a college. Some colleges will only let you know how much tuition, fees, and room and board is for one semester. Some will let you know That's for the whole one. year. And so I've seen students calculate their, their uh, expenses and think, oh, it's wait, this only costs $10,000 a year? No, that's $10,000 a semester. You got to look at the fine print and understand if this is twice a semester. Usually room and board is always communicated in terms of how much it costs for one semester. Tuition and fees can vary based on the website, but usually when they're telling you your room and board, it's for the for just for one semester, so you need to double it. So make sure that you understand the full amount and you're not calculating just for one semester of attending school. Yeah, those are all really good points. Like, it's unfortunate, but schools be putting like little big words in there trying to make you confused about what money you actually get. And if you don't know the vocabulary, you might be signing up for something that you didn't plan for. So definitely look at, especially when anything says a loan, look at that. If anything says per semester and not every year, and a lot of schools even say like, you need to be in like good academic standing to keep this award. Yeah. So that's definitely something that you got to keep in mind, especially if it's like a merit scholarship type of thing. There's even some schools that don't accept outside scholarships and other schools do. That's, it's just a lot of different um, factors. There's even schools that would say work study, put an amount and you, you think that's a free $2,000. No, that means you get a job on campus and that's and you, the money you get is not for yourself; it's for your tuition. So, I think work study is cute, but that's just something you have to think about if you see it on your financial aid package. Because I saw it a few times, and I was like, "Oh, are they working for me to study so that I could get the money?" No, you have to work <laughs> while you're studying and get the money with work study. Um, and I did want to ask you a little bit about loans. I know that's something everybody's scared about because America is a trillion dollars in student loan debt and everybody's knocking on Joe Biden's door. Mm -hmm. Girl, take down the student loan debt. And that could definitely be something that's a little bit challenging for people to handle. Um, but first I wanted to ask like um, what people should think about when encountering loans or when they have to like um, just necessary, like get a loan. And the you mentioned unsubsidized, subsidized loan. Like, what is the difference between the two of those? So, just like loans and all about that. Oh yeah, yeah. This this is a big one. This is something that for some students it creates a lot of anxiety. For other students, are like, "Cool, I'll I'll take out the loans if I need them." Loans are what. Well, first off, your college experience is an investment in you. I think, yeah. yes, like we want college to be fun and it will be fun for you, but you are going to college for a specific reason, which is to improve your outcomes for success, to get that job and create the lifestyle that you want. That's why you're going, right? If you yeah. didn't see that value, you probably wouldn't be going. So that's the first thing. And so loans are a way for you to afford that investment in yourself. It's, it's not only a time investment, but the loan piece is the financial investment in yourself. And I wish I had that line of thinking because I probably would have been a little bit more focused had I been thinking about it. So that's the first thing. It is truly an investment, financial investment in yourself. And as long, I, want, I, I don't want to say as long as you don't drop out, but by dropping out or choosing not to continue, you may not get a return on your investment. And that's not to say you need to graduate 
from college to be successful. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to just give you a scenario. If you go to college for a year and you get $10,000 in debt and then you're working at Burger King for the rest of your life and you haven't yet figured out what you want to do or what those steps are to create that lifestyle for yourself, at, at least at that moment, you're not getting a return on your investment, mm -hmm. which is you. Right. So you want to get that return on your investment. Uh, the, the next thing with loans is in terms of breaking down the sub versus the unsub, subsidized versus unsubsidized. The subsidized loan is the one that does not accrue interest while you are in college. So how do banks make money? You pay interest on the loan. You take out a $10,000 loan. When you pay it back, you're going to pay back 15, 20, depending on how long it takes you to pay it back. You're going to pay back more than what you borrowed. So if you have to take out loans, always start with the subsidized because the interest doesn't accrue while you're in college. The unsubsidized loan, the, the uh, interest accrues while you're, while you're in college. So that interest will kind of, uh, that amount will grow over time. And I didn't say that to scare you. I don't want you to be scared. Again, you're going to get the great job. You're going to have a great salary so that student loan payments is not something that's going to burn a hole in your pocket. Like I have student loan payments and I have a, a good, a good job where look, that's an expense I can cover, right? There are also many ways, many ways to minimize that. So a mindset that I didn't have when I started college was loans are a temporary way to pay for school. Every yeah. class, yeah. every, every person who graduated, really every person in college loans should only be your plan for the first year. After that, you should be hustling so much on scholarships that you have enough in scholarships to cover or severely decrease the amount of loans that you take out. And then by your sophomore year, you shouldn't need any loans. Now that's not to say getting scholarships is not challenging, it is, but there's so much free money out there. If you dedicate the time and energy to find them and hunt them down. I know people say, well, like $250, that's not really a lot. If you get four scholarships, that's $250, that's $1,000. It's not just the thousand, but think about the debt that you now don't have, right? Because that thousand is really more like 2,000, 3,000 that you would have to pay back. So really a thousand dollars in scholarships is more like three, two or three or more thousand dollars of you having saved, right? And so I want you to think of it like that. Um, and, then, and then the last thing with, with loans is that you constantly, constantly want to think about other ways to minimize it, even, even outside of scholarships. Again, it's an investment in yourself, but there are ways to decrease it. So something I will push everybody to do, once you've shown that you can really manage and, and handle school, there are opportunities at your college that just because you are a leader will pay to be a leader. So if you're most colleges, if you're on the executive board, of either student government or sometimes it's the uh, student activity council or student activity board, the, the group that comes up with all the fun events, or if you're in any kind of leadership initiative, really those are the main ones, student activities board um, and, and, and student government. If you're on the exec board, so president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, sometimes they cover your tuition. Uh, there are other um, initiatives, like if, you're, if you live on campus, usually after your freshman year, you can become what's called a resident assistant. Then they will knock out all of those on-campus expenses. So now you've taken out a huge chunk because you've gotten a leadership position on campus. Another position that sometimes pays, sometimes doesn't, they call it different things, but uh, sometimes they call it a SOAR leader or student orientation leader. They sometimes come with great perks and benefits. And then of course, of course, of course, if you can afford it, if you can get a work-study job, and there's two different types of work-study, there's federal work-study that you have to qualify through FAFSA, but there's also something called departmental work-study. And these are departments on campus that have money in their budget dedicated to paying students. Some good places to start are financial aid, the library, the gym, and the student union. They are always usually hiring student workers and have budgets. So that could go to college expenses, or you could say, actually, I'm gonna use this money to start paying back some of my loans. I know that was a lot, but that's, that's how I would really think about loans. You are in control with your loan. And if you do, like I did, uh, took out loans every year of school, it was an investment 
in myself and it was worth it. Yeah, you really dropped some gems right here because like no one really wants to talk about loans and like just that it's not just a it's not a death sentence. It's a it's an investment in your education. And of course, I always say if if you can get as little loans as possible, that's a great situation or just no loans during undergraduate. That's a amazing ideal situation but unfortunately that may not be your reality but that doesn't mean that like your life's over you're gonna be struggling in college you're barely gonna eat because you gotta work it's not gonna be like that um there's so many ways like you said to pay that off there's work study there's jobs there's you could be a tour guide an ra you could do all these different things to pay it off and you could even still have money for yourself don't think that just because you have loans you're not going to have food to eat. You're not going to have food to have your own place. You're not going to have food to do what you want to do because that's not true. Like I would assume Fred that not all your money is going to student loans. Like you're able to have dinner tonight and you're also (laughs) able to pay your student loans. And of course I don't want to like, um, undermine anybody. Like there are people that are struggling with their student loans in this country that, are senior citizens and still paying for their student loans. And it's really sucks that that is the reality in this country that people have to go through. But I'm hoping everyone that's listening right now, if you see loans in every single one of your packages, do not feel like that will be your reality um, because there are resources out there that can help you out. And hopefully before you graduate, you don't have to worry about them anymore. So definitely think about that when looking at loans. But thank you for sharing because... I did not know any of that stuff like before I got into college. And I also wanted to point out with financial aid packages, if you're unsatisfied with your package, like if every package you get is just like, this is expensive. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. Or if there's like a school you really, really want to go to, but you, you got to pay a lot of money. You could appeal for more money. You could appeal your financial aid. And all you got to do is write a letter to the school saying, like, I cannot pay this amount and here's why. Now, don't just say I can't pay it because I can't. Like, that's not a good reason. You different good reasons would could be medical expenses you didn't expect, especially with COVID. If you had to, like, um, pay for somebody to go to the hospital, all of a sudden you didn't plan for that list that down. If you have to pay, if your parents have to pay for a, a parent or a grandparent overseas um, for their medicine or anything, you could list that out. Or if someone got into an accident and you had to pay for that, you could list that out as in your appeal. Or other things that were just not mentioned in your FAFSA, definitely put those in an appeal letter be clear and specific about what exactly is hindering you from paying it. Um, And, you know, they could reconsider. I've heard many people that I appealed and it worked out. So don't feel like, oh, I love this school, but it's so expensive, so I can't. Try to appeal. Um, I know I, I do have faith that because of COVID, more colleges are considerate and generous and understand that, like, it hit a lot of people financially and it changed their financial situation. So don't feel like, oh, well, they're not going to listen to me or whatever. Definitely. I always say fight till you can't fight no more. If you really want this school and you can't afford it, definitely contact them, appeal to them and see what they say, because it can work in your favor. Just putting that out there because not many people want to mention that, but appeal if you can. Um, And yes, I did want to talk about um, what to do in the summer because you mentioned to me um, something called like summer melt um, that you do during the summer. And I didn't really think there was anything to do in the summer. Usually after you committed, you're like, well, I'm chilling, hot girl summer, like city boy summer stuff. Like I'm just <laughs> going to like enjoy myself as you should, though. You should enjoy yourself. Um but you also said that summer is very important when we talked before this recording. And um, there are things you should do to like prepare yourself before you go. So what are those things? Yeah, you 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 said a couple of things about loans I want to make sure I touch on. Okay. Uh, I definitely want to hop on that. You, you named the key. If you don't need all your loans, don't 
take all the loans. Take out just what you need, please. Just take out what you need. I think a lot of students max out. They take out the max, but they don't need the max. Some do, but some don't. If you don't need any loans, don't take any loans. And then there's a myth about refund checks yeah. that you get in college. There's a myth. Even when you receive taxes, there's a myth about it. So the myth is that the larger it is, the better. Um, not necessarily when it comes to college. With college, that refund check, if the reason why that refund check is large is because you took out extra loans, you'll have to pay that back. And so that is not a good reason. You only want to take out what you need. Also, uh, I have a number of students who have decided to max out because they need money for a car. And so uh, that, that's not really a smart move. If you cannot afford to the maintenance and the upkeep, the monthly recurring expenses of having a vehicle, a loan might help you afford the vehicle, but you're not gonna be able to maintain affordability or maintain some of the expenses of the vehicle. So uh, I really wanna push students, is a car what you need or is a car what you want? And honestly, if you can't afford to get it without the loan, then you can't afford to get it. Um, you shouldn't be using a loan to do that. So I, I just want to chime in on that. Um, yeah, ref, a big refund check. Don't be jealous of your friends if they got more money back than you because they may have more scholarship money than you or they may have uh, taken out more loans than you. Uh, and that's not something to be envious of. But to your uh, enrollment uh, summer question, yeah, summer melt it is pretty much this phenomenon that students who get accepted to college, right? They get those college acceptances in December or May at the latest, right? But over the course of the summer, you don't, the number of students who got accepted and the number of students who actually start school on day one, that trickles down, right? That, that, that lowers to a different amount. So it's, it's called melt because over the course of the summer, you just have slowly less and less and less and less students. And then, right, you have these very few who actually start college. And so uh, there are a bunch of steps that you need to get done. We, we call them in my job, we call them enrollment steps to get and step foot on campus on day one and be all good to go. So of course you need financial aid, right? You need to make sure that your FAFSA is complete. Your school has received it and that you taking care of any documentation necessary to receive your financial aid. Sometimes students have finished the FAFSA, but then you're selected for a process called verification, which means that you need to provide your parents' tax information and sometimes your tax information to prove that what you put on the FAFSA is correct. And I would say, if you're stuck or if you've been selected for that process, get with your financial aid counselor, they can walk you through exactly what you need to do and call FAFSA, they can, they can help you with that process or, or call the, uh, the IRS, they can help get you the documentation that you need. But that's one major piece. You also need a class schedule. You don't just, it's not like high school where either your schedule, well, most times your schedule is made for you. It's not the case in, in college. Some colleges do that. They do pick your school schedule, but you still need to go in and be advised. But most colleges, you need to select your own class schedule. Um, Another thing is usually most schools require that you attend orientation. A lot of schools are doing it virtually now, but uh, for many schools, it's a requirement that you register attend orientation. And then there could be any number of small steps. Of course, if you're living on campus, your room and board have to be paid, right? You have to sign up for, you know, yeah, there's a portal that you need to register for. You need to apply for it, uh, apply to live on campus. There's a whole different application for it. There's fees that you need to pay, application fees. Um, and I would say if there's any student, and this doesn't work in every case, but if there's a fee that uh, is, is creating a financial hardship for you, see if, talk with your financial aid counselor to see if they can move that fee to your fee bill, right? As, as, and, and be covered by your financial aid and not be a separate expense. Because if they could move that $500 uh, to be covered by your financial aid, then you can just wait till that comes in to take care of it versus some of them say, nope, we need that 500 up front. Up front. Um, so those are 
you could take care of those things. Also, this is another thing. And I know some students are sometimes embarrassed about this, but if you were a student who received accommodations uh, or, or had an IEP, they call it different things in different states. But uh, if you received accommodations in high school, you can still receive those accommodations college. You need to talk with the Office of Disability Services, or sometimes they call it, uh, you know, different things. But if you meet with that director, they can get your paperwork from high school, or you can give them your paperwork from high school, and they can help you set up those accommodations. But those are all steps. And there's probably a few more on there where you need to get it done. School usually send, oh, sending in your immunity records, sending in your high school transcript. If you were dual enrolled, want a copy of your transcript from the college where you were dual enrolled. These steps that you need to complete that will prevent you from being able to start on day one. Wow. Wow. Those are all really good points. Like now that you're saying it, I actually had to do most of those things. Like you don't think that's like steps you have to take, but you can't really enter the school without doing any, any of those things. Like, could, like don't just when okay school's out don't just like delete your email and then okay i'm on vacation i'll check back in eight in september i'll check back in august no because these schools are still going to be contacting you for different information like you said to verify financial aid to verify your parents taxes or your taxes um do you need to pick your schedule you need to go on the site and they're going to tell you how to do that you need to go into the site and pick your classes enroll them and make sure you unroll in time you need to know who your advisor is many of them many of your advisors will just contact you in the summer like hey my name is blah 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 we'll love to talk to you before school starts don't just like leave a bad impression and not talk to them because you're not looking at your email so definitely um just keep those things in mind, you know, know that like throughout the summer, you might have to be um, just tying a few loose ends before you step in there. Um, whether it's accommodation, whether it's money, whether it's picking your roommate, I did have to do that over the summer, pick your roommate for your dorm, picking your class schedule, knowing exactly where you're going to be, where you're going to go. So those are all like really, really good points. And that is something you all should consider in the summer after you enroll and things like that because you don't want to be stepping in there and you're confused you don't know what's going on so yes before we talk right now I mean before we end I just wanted to ask if you have any last minute things that you wanted to um, share to students that are high school seniors right now trying to figure out what they should decide on yeah I think that I want to make sure every student that's a senior right now uh, in the class of 2021 knows is you you matter you are important right you are you are a person who has shown that they can be successful even if you're not feeling successful right now and you don't have to have your life figured out right now I know there's some students that don't know yet what they want to major in don't know what career they want to go into don't really feel whenever I hear the the phrase college is not for me or I, I, I question that and I push back on that it's not a it's not a matter of whether college is for you or not I think it's more about what is it that you want to accomplish in your life and is college a medium to help you grow closer to your goals if it is you should definitely go if it's not or you're not sure you should probably wait or definitely not go. And so I don't want, I, I want students to, to kind of understand that you are still growing, you are still learning a lot about yourself and be patient with yourself. Also, when you start college, right? It's time to learn about who you are, but also dedicate yourself in a different way. And so I know a, a lot of seniors might have a month or less left or a little bit more, give or take in school use this month as a way to actually like simulate your work ethic but what that would need to be in college or just outside of a uh, high school right even for those students that are not going to college I, I talk a lot to my students about transferable skills and mindsets and a lot of school is not what you're learning but the energy and the focus and the effort that you put towards it that part of what you're doing now is transferable 
And so uh, my, my question that I want everybody to kind of reflect on is think about what is the lifestyle that you want for yourself 25, 30 years from now, right? What type of home do you want? What type of car do you want? And even, even beyond that, what, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? Do you want to be able to travel freely? How do you want to be happy in terms of the type of family that you want to develop? What type of career? Even if you don't know the type of career, what things will be important to you? Um, and if you do have an amount of money that you want to make per year, that, that could be something. But I think more importantly, in general, what type of lifestyle? And then I want you to have that image of that person and pretend like you brought them to present day. And for anything that you're struggling with or have doubts about, I want you to pretend to ask that person, right, that 40-year-old version of yourself that has already accomplished, owned their own business, is a, is, you know, has their doctorate or owns a home, you know, is living the lifestyle that they want. Ask that person, what would they be telling you that you need to do right now? How would they tell you to overcome the adversity or the challenges that you're experiencing right now? And you're going to know exactly what you need to be doing. And so that, that would be the words that I want to leave with, with students is take the summer, take these last few months to dedicate yourself in ways that you haven't, but also learn more about yourself, be patient with yourself and really start to investigate who you are and who you want to be as a person. Wow, that was a word right there. <laughs> I don't even got anything to add because that was perfect. I want to thank you so much, Fred, for taking the time to talk to me and to talk to everyone listening about college decisions and everything. Where can the people find you? And could you talk a little bit about Grind to Grad and how people can get involved with that? Yeah, thank you. Look, it's been a pleasure, Rachel. I appreciate everything that you're doing and, and pushing out for students. You definitely give a given a college student perspective, which is, I think, a, a whole different way to absorb and, and really take action to a lot of uh, content that you see, information that you see out there. So thank you. Uh, of course, you can follow us on social media, all pretty much all platforms, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Just look at, at or search for at Grind to Grad. And again, just to let y'all know what Grind it is, we're an organization who is dedicated to the success of Black college students. A lot of our con content is relative to any student of any identity in college, but we're particularly trying to make sure we, we develop that content with a lens for what matters most uh, for, for Black undergraduates. Uh, we also are focusing on that pre-college phase. So for those of you who are still in high school, we put in our content specifically for you. And for those of you getting ready to graduate, you're in your senior year or toward the end of your junior year, or you just graduated, we'll also continue to develop our content for you so you can continue to get support and get that guidance and, and, and get the information that you want and need. I will plug one thing. We are always looking for interns. Uh, and so if you would be interested in getting a great internship that's not just going to teach you about social media, but really teach you about how to be a high performing professional in any industry, just DM us. Uh, we're not, we're probably not going to be bringing on any summer interns, but certainly for the fall. So if you are a sophomore, junior are going to be in your senior year to start the beginning of the fall semester we want to get more interns uh it's going to be a great experience trust me wow yeah thank you so much like listen this you heard the gems he dropped today so if he alone is dropping these gems imagine what grind to grad is doing so definitely if you are interested follow their instagram all their social media and if you want to be an intern and really get down and dirty with it and do what you got to do then get involved thank you so much fred for taking the time and yeah thank you rachel have a good one culture shout out and I got two amazing culture shout outs for you today so the first one goes to grind to grad which is founded by Fred Johnson which you heard drop some amazing gems today on this episode but I'm just going to give you a little more information about it so the mission of grind to grad is to inspire inform and uplift prospective and current black undergraduates and 
undergraduate students. They create equitable opportunities for Black undergraduates by providing interactive, equal access resources, resources which positively influence them to remain in and graduate from college. They are driven by a single goal, increase the persistence, retention, and six-year graduation rates of Black undergraduates. Y'all, Fred already dropped some gems today, but Grind to Grad drops 10 times as much. They offer so many amazing resources like videos with students and experts, study guides, tips, and so much more to help you navigate high school and college, and they really value the success of Black students. So if you want those resources, and if all that interests you, be sure to go to their website at www.grindtograd.wixsite.com. Check out their YouTube channel at Grind to Grad, and most especially, check out some of their great content on their Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at and Twitter too at Grind to Grad. And our second and last culture shout out goes to Melissa, who created a YouTube channel called Lifestyle B, along with some fun Instagram accounts y'all should follow. So Melissa is a beautiful black woman who creates singing videos, recipes, natural hair, makeup, and mental health video and content. Y'all, Melissa is so talented. Like, sis can really sing, like really sing. And her content is super entertaining and fun to watch. She also has a food account called Lifestyle B as well, where she posts vegetarian and vegan recipes. And they look good, y'all. Like, I be looking at her page and my mouth be watering. (laughs) So like, I'm not vegetarian, but some of that food interests me. I'm ready to go to the grocery store and get myself cooking after looking at her page. So if lifestyle YouTube videos are your thing, or if you just need some new content to watch, definitely check out her YouTube channel, Lifestyle B. And also check out her food account at Lifestyle B3. And also check out her personal Instagram account at Melissa Melly, M-E-L-I underscore Leslie, where she shares day-to-day life as a college student, plus mental health and lifestyle tips. So if you want to shout out, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at College for the Culture, and you could be featured next time. for tuning in if you liked what you heard subscribe to the podcast and give us a five star rating and review we'd really appreciate it if you do for more content or suggestions on what to talk about next follow us on ig at college for the culture if you want to consult with me about anything college related email me at college for the culture at gmail.com take care of yourselves y'all god bless y'all and don't forget that we see y'all and we got y'all Bye.